welcome to the Public Safety Drone Podcast. Now, here's the show. Welcome to episode number 10 of the Public Safety Drone Podcast. I'm Joe Wessels here at MobileCom in Cincinnati, Ohio, along with Lieutenant Steve Schuler of the uh, Blue Ash Police Department. Hello again. Hello. And uh, David Glenn, he's Kluge, K-L-O-O-G-E-E on YouTube. Hey, guys. He, he has so many subscribers, I can't even remember how many they are oh, now. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> just gonna change it. Yeah, like three time. of them, right? <laughs> yeah, miss, yeah, might be fifteen thousand since 15, the last episode. <laughs> I know because every time we release an episode, he gets five thousand more subscribers. So <laughs> I think he owns YouTube now. If, if anybody ever actually goes and checks out the channel, they're they're probably going to be sorely disappointed. No, they what? that I know they what? won't be. No. Well, <laughs> be if they look at this, exaggerate. Subs- <laughs> well, the exaggerating of the subscriber, yes, but they won't be disappointed by the content. <laughs> Certainly not. No, he's he's uh, definitely. I I can vouch for that. If anybody cares what I think, anyway. But um, we're missing uh, Chief Famous Johnson of the Woodlawn Fire Department and firefighter Katie Thielmeyer. Um, they'll be joining us, hopefully, on the next episode. But they uh, said something come up, and they couldn't be here. So I guess that, let's add our little secret that we record a couple of these at a time, huh? Cause, there we go. <laughs> unless they just had something happen to come up two, two weeks in a row. But um, anyway, they'll be back. They, uh, they send their regrets. So um, today's show is sponsored by MobileCom. Visit mobilecom.com slash UAS or call 877-447-8433 for all your drone needs. And I, I've been to, putting this out on the last couple of podcasts. You can also use those ways to contact us if you have a comment about the show or get feedback. Uh, you can leave us a voicemail and we may play your feedback, your file on the air and uh, respond to what you have to say. So if you've got a comment on something we're saying, please drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. So uh, we're talking about all kind of weird drone stuff that is happening Last episode, we talked about the Super Bowl issue and people that just seem to like to fly around the Super Bowl and get arrested. I guess that's you know somebody's <laughs> idea of a good time. <laughs> I would love to fly around the Super Bowl. I would not like to get arrested though. Yeah, that's right. And you know, we <laughs> half of that sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah, half of it does sound like fun. It's some great footage. I guess you have to you know, like we did that Reds game we talked about several episodes ago. That was yeah, you pretty just cool. got to follow follow the appropriate protocols and make sure you're doing it the right way. And I've seen people. That uh, uh, were posting in groups that uh, appeared to actually have gone through the appropriate protocols and uh-huh. and uh, were involved with I think some some of the sponsors of the Super Bowl some of the oh, big right. name sponsors and were doing some some uh, film work uh, during that period and oh, yeah uh, and that would be the way to do it and the coordination that they had to go through to make that happen oh I bet it's um, huge yeah and and, uh, and they were a, a good example of uh, of things working the right way. Uh, when they would fly, they would people would people would know when they were flying. Right. So you can get the shots you want by doing it the right way, is what you're saying, right? That's right. You just have to go through the process and probably know a few people to put a help. little work into yeah. it. Yeah. So um, with that being said, other weird kind of drone flights here. Um, if you live in the state of Colorado, you might be you can probably come out from underneath your bed now because there are the alien drone <laughs> flights are over from what we can tell, but. Uh, for a while there, there was mysterious drone formations flying in, and Lady Gaga was speaking. The Super Bowl was nowhere to be found, so there was no drones <laughs> flying in formation or anything like that. The gist of one, that's one like article a drone I back read back to 2019, right? That's 2019. That's right. So the gist of one of the articles that uh, covered that said that the reporting has moved from reporting at the public safety, you know, through 911 or whatever other official channels, have they're now being reported to the, the UFO type Facebook groups now. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Take that for what it's worth, but there's a there's there's a UFO. So if you see a UFO in Colorado flying in formation, your, your the official policy is to 
posted on Facebook. Well, not only that, but apparently there are very specific Facebook groups that have to do with just those yeah. those sightings in Colorado. Now, would you say is that appropriate uh, reaction to, to – to, maybe I'm making a little bit – Fun of this little bit, maybe I don't know, but or, or what? What do we think was going on there? Is it? Is it? The, you know, there's a large Air Force presence. NORAD is in Colorado. Uh, do we think it might be something? Can we? You guys are just can we blanks there? You guys both no, believe it. You guys anything. both believe it were aliens, didn't you? Right? It, it was definitely aliens. <laughs> okay, go ahead and elaborate. I'm going to say it probably was an alien, just just so we can have a debate back. Again, yeah, we right? have to have a good cop, bad cop here, right? Or something. All right. Like that, so, right? well, yeah, this is going to be like, um, uh, what is this? The um, no, I, I forget. No, I was trying to think of a reference to the point counterpoint William F. Buckley, and I forget the other guy's name. Yep. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> I'll just say, go the pro I'll just say, from, side, my, David. Yes. from my perspective, I'm always uh, just from history of drone sightings and drone incursions and whatever that you you know you see this big hysteria in the news about something something about drones happened and then comes to find out it was just a bird or oh it was just a a bag or it was just so you know it was there was there usually comes a regular everyday uh explanation for it and uh my guess is that that was very likely the case here mm-hmm. uh, i i don't know if you guys remember back during the uh dc sniper days oh, yeah. how many white vans were were reported once somebody said there was a white van in an area right i mean there everybody was reporting a white van nobody noticed any white vans on a road before then <laughs> we got calls here in cincinnati i mean multiple calls about white van sightings oh really on the interstate imagine that so white the vans snipers everywhere. were on vacation in cincinnati <laughs> white vans everywhere <laughs> so so you know i, I it's interesting how the public works sometimes I, and I, it's fascinating yeah. yes I've, i'll say it i can say it right i've got no first-hand knowledge of what happened there i'm reading the the mass media and hysteria you know just like everybody else but my perspective is there's usually a more common explanation for for what's going on and, and somebody sees something and then yeah. you know i don't know about you when i bought a new car then i suddenly started seeing that car all over the road right, yeah, and sure. uh you know you just start when something gets put in your mind you start seeing that yep and uh, I think that maybe somebody early on, maybe they did see some drones, maybe something was going on, and then people maybe took that and rolled with it maybe a little bit more than was real. If you remember yeah. right, the initial story was these were large fixed-wing drones that were hovering. You know, they were in formation, uh-huh. so that was pretty dramatic. Fi- and Fixed-wing hovering is Fixed-wing hovering is, is very – technology. Yeah, right. So uh, so who knows? Defense contractors testing the new technology uh, maybe, yeah. but why would you put lights on it and fly it in an area where it's more likely to be seen? Yeah. Um, but uh, the uh, the follow up to that was none of those were substantiated. Uh, they had one uh, case they could they could positively ch- chalk up to a consumer drone that uh, hit a manned uh, helicopter. It was actually a med flight helicopter. Oh, in so, Colorado, right? It was involved a collision with a helicopter. I don't think anybody was injured, but uh, that huh. somehow that story got tied into this potential you know formation drone thing, and uh, that was obviously not related to that. Some somebody was being careless and got in the way of a helicopter. So. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you, you know, uh, I think you guys are being nice and not saying, you know, because the former journalists in the room were quasi sometimes still journal. That's a made for newspaper kind of story, like well, sure. drones, aliens. It, it, you know, that is uh, no journalist. I think is going to pass up the temptation to write a story about that because it just got. When you probably have some new technology, a pretty interesting cast of characters too that that may have spotted these things and have been reported those. So yeah. You know. 
Yeah, my concern is that uh, uh, some people who are in charge of, of things, important things, are, are latching on to some of those media reports and using it for justification for other things. And uh, as an example, uh, I, I forget, maybe it was a businessinsider.com or uh, Forbes or something, an interview with Elaine Chow. I think that's how you say your name. Elaine Chow, who's, who's the, the uh, uh, transportation secretary, right? And so, wife of Mitch McConnell. Oh, okay. You, you know, I did yeah, not know that. Speaker okay. of the House, or yeah. yeah, Speaker of the House and Senator from Kentucky. Right? So anyway, she recently uh, was doing an interview at uh, at some sort of a, I don't know, I think it was some sort of an event. I don't know what kind of an event UFO it was. UFO event? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just Probably kidding. Not. Sorry. Anyways, and she mentioned. Lost a few more listeners. Go this whole, she mentioned this whole uh, Colorado sightings and whatever right. in relation to, to, to giving justification for a remote ID. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that's when when you start putting uh, unsubstantiated stuff together with something that's real and has maybe some real consequences with right. it is where, you know, for me, it starts getting concerning, right? In terms of, you know, okay, there's all these papers, like, reporting all this stuff and, and uh, news channels reporting all this stuff. Well, you know, so it's somewhat entertaining. I know some people were really concerned about it and so on, and maybe rightly so, rightly so I don't know. But then when... Uh, people who are in a place to, uh, uh, you know, kind of change policy, uh, start citing things like that without any uh, any details or facts behind it, and start quoting, you know, things like that is where, where for me, yeah. you know, it starts getting kind of real, right? Because yeah. uh, you, so you're saying it might be a Department of Transportation program to. <laughs> Promote remote ID. Hey, you said it. I didn't. <laughs> all kinds of stuff today. It's going to get me in trouble. I think that's maybe the risk that you take as a politician or someone of uh, you know of high prominence. Uh, public, it's in the public eye when you try to tie something to a current event. And yeah. like you said, that and maybe she didn't know it. I'm playing devil's advocate. Here, but maybe she didn't know at that time that this was an unsubstantiated story. It sounded real at the beginning, uh, and it turned out to be absolutely apparently nothing. So. Yeah, and I, I guess maybe from her 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 perspective, um, you know, and I'm putting word, words into her mouth, but uh, you know, maybe maybe her feeling is, and maybe why she was mentioning it is that okay, well, if we had remote ID in place, we would know if it was a known good actor, right? True. Uh, if it was somebody doing something um, above board and legal and all that stuff, we had if we had remote ID in place, that they would be broadcasting that data, and the FAA would be able to say. Oh well, that's Joe from Mobilecom, you know, doing yeah. his tower inspections right. at yeah. midnight. <laughs> so this whole right. thing could have so, been. So, but and yeah. if and yeah. if there was a lack of that data, saying yeah. that there was, you know, here, then you maybe can say, okay, well, maybe something nefarious was going on, or maybe nothing was going on, right? Right. Two, right. right? So but, potentially, after the first report, that the whole thing could have been shut down by saying, no, this is this is a legitimate operator flying it for a legitimate yeah. purpose. That's the end of it, and it wouldn't have gotten the legs that it did. That's it, right. The story lasted for about a month or so, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I'm seeing here in an article in the Fort Collins, Colorado, which is a town north of Denver, if folks are not initiated in that, uh, the Colorado Department of Public Safety uh, announced, this was mid-January uh, 13th, mid-January 2020, uh, that they're going to scale back their proactive investigation of mysterious drone sightings. Um, because they basically said it, it, you know, they looked into it and they're not seeing anything and, or, or maybe, yeah, maybe Elaine Chow called and said, stand down. I don't know. You know, um, I'll add to the conspiracy theory, but just kidding. <laughs> but they, you know, they said so they checked it out. They didn't see anything that was, you know, nefar- or they called it, let's see, uh, 
you know, the, the, this is their duty to to investigate and be responsive to community concerns, investigate suspicious, suspicious activity. So they mobilize their team to look into this. And despite all the reported activity, this is from the uh, Department of Public Safety in Colorado's Executive Director Stan Hilke. He says, uh, despite all the reported activity, we still are unaware of any crime being committed. Um, so he said he can't solve. He's not solving the mystery there uh, with that, but he's saying basically we can't rule out. You know, we can rule out any kind of criminal activity. Yeah. So yeah, and this is from an, uh, an article from Vice.com. I don't know that they're. Uh you know, a, a good source of information or not, oh, but, but basically yeah. from the Colorado Department of Public Safety is where they were getting some of these details. They say of 23 reports between January 6th and 13th when the investigation was underway, 13 were determined to be planet, stars, or small hobbyist drones. Six uh-huh. were commercial aircraft and four remain unconfirmed. None of the 90 reports from November 23rd onward were confirmed instances of illegal drone activity. I'm reported them as Venus. I'm the North Star, and <laughs> that's right. That was the end of that. So, well, and and, and I th- I was telling you guys before we started recording this that uh, you know I've, there's been a few times where I've went outside on a clear night yep. and I've looked up in the sky and I've seen what what was a, an airplane. Yeah, but I actually like took a, a a second and looked at it and said, man, is that is that a drone or is that mm-hmm. right? And yeah. so you know maybe somebody who's who's not as knowledgeable or not as invested in it or whatever you want to say, you know, maybe wouldn't take the time to really say, oh, okay, maybe that really, you know, maybe somebody who's a little more into, uh, you know, conspiracy theories or something, I don't know, different yeah. different walk of life might have a different perspective on that, right? Well, and, and I'll tell you, I don't get it as much now. Here we are in 2020, but when I got into drone, I got my first DJI drone in 2016. I had my first, like, uh, little SEMA drone in 2015. The number one, especially when I started doing this professionally and getting my Part 107 and all that stuff, the number one response with people, and I, like I said, it doesn't happen as much anymore, but there was this sort of paranoia, like, well, if you fly over my yard, I'm going to shoot you down. I'd heard that so many times. And people wanted to know, like, can you look in my bedroom window? Can you look in my bathroom window? Are you going to spy on my daughter sunbathing in the backyard? And, you know, the answer is, well, technically, I guess you could, but it has like a GoPro lens on it. It's going to be super wise. If I fly outside your bathroom window, I'm going to see a little little bit of it. And it also sounds like a small lawnmower, so you're going to probably hear it. You can yeah, close your blinds right. or whatever else. Um, but there was this – there's still – my point is there's still this uh, – or is there still this sort of paranoia about drones? And, and this kind of could segue a little bit into the next topic we're going to talk about a little bit. Is in, And I'd like to have them as guests on a future episode, but the Chula Vista Police Department, which is – the second largest town in San Diego County, California, and you can guess what the lar- largest town is in San Diego mm-hmm. County. Um, they have a really cool program, but one of the things they had, a, uh, and we'll talk about kind of what that is, but one of the things they had a fight against, and I wonder if like Blue Ash had a fight against this too, is the public perception of what you can and can do with these drones. Yeah. And are they, are, are you big brother and, and that sort of thing? Is that still an issue? Are people still concerned? Or do you think people now kind of know, oh, drones are this and this is what they can do? Or? You know, I think the more exposure people have to the technology, the less they are afraid of it. And I use afraid kind of tongue in cheek, but yeah. you know, there's, we've heard that before. You better not fly over my house or, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot you down or something like that. You know, yeah. we always say, you don't really do, can't do don't, that. Don't do tell that. you why. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, we, we, we've talked about this on the program before, but we are, we don't hide the technology. So we, we demonstrate the, the zoom capability, the infrared capability and things like that. So that way people aren't afraid of it. This is, this is what we can do. Um, c- could we peep in your windows? Yeah, I guess we could, but yeah. uh, we don't because, Unless we have a search warrant, we're not going to be, you know, looking around your right. house in particular and that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, we're not looking in people's yards without a search warrant. So. Yeah, and, and so then the issue with Colorado, 
Um, so you know, like Chula Vista, we'll talk about that. But they they use, they're doing some pretty cool things with uh, drones as yeah. far as um, being first responders on the scene and getting there quickly. Uh, and being able to kind of get situational awareness long before somebody who's either on foot or in a patrol car could get there. Um, it, it, it just – is this just sort of indicative of the where we are with drones? So people are going to look up, they see some kind of blinking light, and they're like, the drone is spying on me, or it's like, you know. So that's like we had to get past this sort of – this Colorado thing had to happen. It's just part of the natural process of – People yeah. understanding what drones are now, people maybe aren't going to be so apt to so, to, right. to cry foul. So or I think there's a cu- there's a couple of things. I think people just in general, it's human nature to um, be a little bit uneasy about something you don't understand. Sure, right? It doesn't matter if it's drones or you know when cars were first implemented or you know any, mm-hmm. any technology. It's a little you know it can be disconcerting in terms of something you don't know about. No doubt. No doubt. You know what its capability is, what it can, what it can't do, and so on. I think uh, that that's maybe part of it. You know, I think if you look, if you go back through history and you and you, you know, talk about things in the sky that you're not sure what they are, right? There was a period of, of decades probably where everything was a UFO or aliens or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And now I think we're in, uh, you know, technology's moved along, and now people just assume that you know, okay, there's something flying in the sky. Maybe that's a drone, right? So, and if you're Steve, you ever had a, anybody that you know of call the police department to report a UFO? I'm just kidding. ever in your career or your, you know, probably going back in the nineties. Yes. Really? So, yeah. And, you, and people call nine one one and say, yeah, yeah I saw something in the sky and we got to go out and take a look and say, <laughs> okay, <Yeah. laughs> we didn't the, see it, but the, you know what? The, and building on what David okay. was saying here, yeah, sorry, Dave, um, that just kind of got me thinking about yeah, it. Sorry. But yeah. so we have, I'm getting kind of abstract and deep here, but if you think about uh, going back into human history, thousands of years, we have always invented stories to explain the things that we didn't understand. Yeah, so right. constellations, what are those? Well, they're, you know, whatever whatever they are, there's their fish up there, can't you see it? Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah, you know, we've a whole always, story around yeah, it. And, yeah, yeah we, we've, we've always done that. So yeah. I think that uh, this is maybe just a continuation of that because if we don't know what it is, we, we explain it within the knowledge of our whatever our frame of reference is. Yep. You know, within the, the extent of our knowledge, we'll say what we think that is in the sky. Yeah. So. Yeah, the other thing I was going to say in terms of uh, human – just human nature is uh, we're we're uh, and I'm probably the worst person here. You're probably better to talk about this, but uh, uh, people are, are terrible witnesses, right? I mean, oh, yeah. uh, you'll get multiple people yeah. see the same thing, and they'll have a different. All five of them will have a, a different story about what they saw, what you know, when it happened, and so on. And you know, I'm, you can talk more about this, but in terms of you know, witness reliability and stuff, right? You know, there. So, so I'm sure there's some of that. Right, in relation kind of to the whole together, Col- yeah. Colorado story as well. So, Unfortunately, a lot of our cases are based on nothing but eyewitness evidence, right? You try to collect physical evidence, video evidence, or whatever it is to try to prove your case. The last thing you want to rely on is eyewitness evidence. Okay, um, yeah. And I've got an example of that. Uh, so years ago, probably 15 or more years ago, I was a crash test dummy, if you want to call it that, for a, uh, <laughs> a kid's law enforcement camp in Butler County, Ohio. <laughs> yeah, okay. So up in Oxford, so uh, my, on the campus of Miami University. So I'm driving a car at about eh, 25, 30 miles an hour into a parked car. I'm all, you know, all, suited up. I'm all suited up. Got oh, my helmet, helmet on. Device and helmet and everything else. But crashed into this car, and part of this, part of this exercise was we're going to do a crash reconstruction of this accident. The other part of it was we had, you know, 100 or so kids sitting, seating and bleed, seated in seated in bleachers right. watching this mm-hmm. yeah so immediately after the crash i got out and ran off 
So they, they, they got a good look at me because I got out of the driver's side facing the, the bleachers there. And then other officers went around and passed out witness statements with questions on them. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. Okay, what was the sex of the driver, race of the driver, how tall was he, how fast was the car going, did the car break before the collision, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The, the answers were all over the board. Really? I was every race you can imagine. I was a woman. I was uh, yeah. so tall, so short. Uh, what was I wearing? I was dressed in all black. I was wearing huh. who knows what. The answers yeah. were all over the place because the kids were so shocked. It just shows, goes to show you it was just an exercise that you know, graphically illustrated to them that witness reliability is not really a thing. <laughs> yeah, and I think and, – and that's – that's uh, I've read many stories of similar types of tests where, you know, they've, they've done – and, of course, I've watched, you know, the TV shows and dramas and stuff, and, of course, you know, but – but anyways, yeah, I think so. I think in terms of the hysteria around Col- what happened cop, in Colorado, man? that's right. What's that? Does it make you a <laughs> My cop? brother's a cop, so I, so oh, I must be right. Okay. So <laughs> I know a cop, so I must. Yeah, yeah. yeah sitting next to one on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, so. that's, right. that's, that's, that's good enough. All right, let's take a quick break here on the Public Safety Drone Podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. Getting hands-on drone training should not be hard. With MobileCom, it's easy. Partnered with SkyOp, a national leader in drone training, MobileCom offers in-person drone instructor-led classroom instructions at our facility or yours. Courses include hands-on training, so your staff is trained not only in the knowledge behind the drones, but flying one, making your drone program exceptional and, most importantly, safer. MobileCom chooses SkyOp because teaching pilots how to fly safely and following regulations is all they do. SkyOp develops top-notch drone training, nothing else. Their curriculum and MobileCom's SkyOp certified instructors give your drone pilots the background knowledge and hands-on training not provided anywhere else by people who only do drone training. Whether you need to pass your Part 107, get recurrent on your existing Part 107, starting a drone program from scratch, or need to know how to utilize drone software like PIX4D, MobileCom has you covered. For more information, call 877-447-8433 or visit mobilecom.com forward slash UAS. Again, mobilecom, M-O-B-I-L, C-O-M-M dot com forward slash U-A-S. That's 877-447-8433. Mobilecom, for the best, most comprehensive drone training anywhere. Mobilecom. If you're interested in being a guest or know someone who could be, please contact the Public Safety Drone Podcast producer at UAS at mobilecom.com. That's UAS at M-O-B-I-L-C-O-M-M dot com. Or call 877-447-8433. All right. Welcome back to the Public Safety Drone Podcast. Uh, Joe Wessels here with Lieutenant Steve Schuler and David Glenn. Uh, Lieutenant Steve Schuler, the police, police department. I don't know. Just in a hurry. We've already talked about you, I guess. Yeah, we know who I am. Everybody knows who right. So um, we're talking a little bit about, uh, before the break, uh, the Chula Vista Police Department, which is in um, San Diego County in Southern California, um, they have a really interesting program, and there was this came up on my radar through radar through one of the um, news feeds that I, I get about drones. And what they are essentially doing is, um, and, and Steve, you knew a little bit more about this there too. But they this is this is interesting. They send drones out on certain calls to basically be kind of like the first responders, eyes in the sky sort of thing on certain calls. And here's the stats that they have in this article that I should credit UASNorway.no. I guess is the website. Never heard of it before, but I got a link to it. Um, and it's a, the, the, the article's titled Drones as First Responders, New Superhero in the Police. 1,431 missions, 214 arrests, 
and their average response time first on scene is 150 seconds. Uh, and it's a fascinating sort of thing. So apparently what they're doing, and I guess Steve, you could say a little bit about this too, is that they're kind of watching the 911 calls and seeing which calls could actually maybe benefit from a drone in the sky. So what what do you kind of know about that? Right. So as a force 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 multiplier, I cannot speak today. So as a force multiplier, it's a, I think this is a great tool because they have an officer who's monitoring the 911 calls and ones that he or she thinks are suitable for the uh, drone to respond to, they're going to dispatch the drone from one of two locations to respond out there. And it says they're covering 17 of their 52 square, square miles, miles, which is a, you know, it's a nice percentage of it. So, but that drone will get on scene oftentimes first before the, uh, the officer does. And then in some cases they're able to disregard the officer. You know, they get on scene the whatever the situation was has ended uh, the person they're looking for is gone or, you know, whatever the situation may be. I, I think I gave an example off air that was, uh, involved you know the, the freeways the notorious freeways in california right you oh don't want gosh. to come in and i was just there they're driving like crazy <laughs> yeah into there. that traffic if you don't have to right yeah. so uh if you have a maybe a disabled car or something you can dispatch the uh the drone out there take a look car's gone and they pulled over for a moment and they're gone you can free an officer up probably save 15 minutes or more from having that officer respond get on the freeway and then exit the freeway and get mm-hmm. back in their area so uh that's a that's a nice uh, like I said a force multiplier. Yeah, and and they clearly I don't see anything about this on here. And we're going to try to get uh, one of these uh, guys from Chula Vista's Police Department's drone program on the show in a future episode here. Um, my guess is they'll probably be pretty open to it. But they have a um, they're part of the FAA's integration pilot program. They started this in October 2018. This is so that's when this program started. Um, and um, and that program, it, it was about a year older than that. And basically, they have Part 107 licensed pilots who are kind of like sitting on roofs, and they have two drones. And I guess they get radioed, okay, send it to this area, and then they can send it out there, and they can fly it back and change batteries and keep batteries charged up, that sort of thing. Of course, it's nice in San Diego. The weather's always nice, unlike Cincinnati, where it's cold and rainy here in February. Uh, but um, yeah, yeah, sure as we is. look out the window. <laughs> oh, yeah, nice cry. rain. It's not San Diego, folks. It's not San Diego. Uh, so uh, they, uh, they 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 take this and they're they, so they're ready to launch the new batteries and they can check and everything you know check make sure the drone's in good shape and that sort of thing. Um, there is there was a company in Israel I looked at a few years ago that was trying to automate this process. I don't know where they try to get more information from them. They were kind of like it was more of a concept than a than an actual product at the time. Cannot think of the name of it. Unless you guys ever heard of this? No, it was like they had a box you can put on a rooftop and it would open up and the drone would fly away and they could do like uh, they were. They were Marketing is, is like uh, an extra eyes of security for um, – Yeah. There, I've seen several different companies okay. touting that, but I'm not sure that I've ever seen any in real life. Yeah. Doing, University doing of Cincinnati that. is working or has been working yeah. on a program with West Virginia Forestry for that. So they've got okay. – they're combining the AI with the uh, the video from the drone, and they can identify people on the ground versus animals on the ground and that kind of yeah. thing. So they can use it to, for personnel accountability. And, is this the aerospace science program? Right. Yeah. yeah. Fire propagation. Friend Brian like Brown, so, who's going to – He's already agreed to be on the podcast. I just need to get off my keister and schedule him. But, right, yes, but we, yeah, we should hear more about that from Brian as well. I'd be interested yeah. to know. I, I saw a photo here in this article, and I've seen some things about Chula Vista before, but they've got a nice picture of the 210 here. I think it's on their launch pad here with a Z30 camera, zoom camera, which yeah. is yeah. perfect for that mission. Right. be interested to know if they're also integrating uh, the FLIR, the yeah. uh, XT cameras in with that as yeah, well. if they're flying at night. Right. Yeah, or, yeah, good question. Are you flying at night? Oh, yeah. And, uh, are they, are they also, do they have officers that might carry a smaller one for suspect search and things like that outside yep. the area that, that's covered by the drones? So. Yeah, this article yeah. starts off, go ahead, David, I'm sorry. I was just going to say that uh, uh, they also, the, the officers also have the ability to view in real time the video that's being streamed back from the drone. 
And nice. so it's not just one person. I don't think it's just the drone pilot. I think that other uh, other people in the force are able to to view that real time feed to be able to see what's going on. One of the one of the stats that I saw there was uh, uh, this is from San Diego Union Tribune dot com. They say that uh, where did that go? I think the area that only represents thirty percent of the city, but it's responsible for seventy percent of the nine one one calls. And so they've nice. they've strategically located yep. those two sites that you were talking about to the areas that that are kind of their hotspots, right? To help them kind of deal with with those hotspots where they're getting the majority of their their calls coming. And so, so this you know, like, like you're talking about, it's a force mul- multiplier, right? They're already getting a lot of calls from those specific areas. By doing this, it allows them to be able to concentrate on the things that that are the most important and that they really need to be sending people to to to, to address. In one area they, they mentioned specifically, and there was an area called the jungle, which they referred to as a hard-to-access area in Chula Vista. So that looks like a, a somewhat wooded area. In the photo, it looks maybe it's a homeless encampment or something. So uh, mm, yeah. so they might may have some you know quite a few calls for service in that area, I suspect. They can, they can kind of go in and then, uh, you know, Send more folks or, or send no one, right? I mean, fire service, they call that size up. You know, they get on scene and uh, size up and see what more, you know, they need, need more resources, fewer resources. Right. And we don't typically do as police officers until we arrive on scene, and then you may call for more help. But if you've got the drone to be able to, uh, yep. ahead of time, you know, eh, well, this, this only needs one officer or give me four more officers. And that There's kind of a thing. big fight or something sure, like that. Yeah, either, right. You know, right. And it sounds like the the next step that they're looking to do is to automate this process. So it sounds like right now, like you mentioned, there's a couple of guys right. sitting up on rooftops. You know, in San Diego right in the in you know August or July or whatever, it's pretty probably pretty job, hot, and you know they've <laughs> they've got to take their breaks and so on. Sure, and so you right. know, being able to automate that and just be able to you know push a button and say, okay, go. Right. You know, I think would would be fantastic. And and I, I was telling you guys off air that I actually yeah. visited with a, a, a local oh, yeah. fire department here in Ohio. I'm not going to mention specifically which one, mm-hmm. but um, uh, they did something very similar, and they did build some automation around this. Now there was a person that was sitting there and would check outside the window to make sure that uh, the, the drone that was sitting outside there, you know, had fresh batteries in it, mm-hmm. uh, and before they pressed the go button, that there was no no objects around and the wind was okay and the weather and all that kind of stuff. So they had kind of a human, you know, kind of double checking and being kind of safety and kind of, kind of uh, paying attention. But for the most part, the flight was automated. You know, the, the, the address came in through their 911 system and yeah. they're hooked into that and they'd say, okay, go. And it would just automatically go. And then in the fire truck, they had uh, iPads that they could pull up the, the feed so that as they were rolling and most of the time the drone would beat the fire truck there. So as the fire truck was, or the ambulance or whatever, you know, was rolling up on site, they already had kind of a visual of what was going on. Okay, well, there's, you know, it's an accident and there's, you know, four cars involved and, you know, different things like that. So mm-hmm. uh, it was it was good for them to be able to understand, you know, okay, well, is what we're seeing on the ground the same as what the information was coming in from the 911 call? You know, do we need to adjust our response, right? Do we mm-hmm. need to add responders to it? Do we need to, you know, okay, well, maybe we don't need to send, you know, all of our resources there. Right. Um, so... That's yeah. cool. Well, we should get uh, some of those folks on, and I'll work on that as, uh, you know, Brian Brown, Chula Vista, the police department in Ohio that shall remain nameless for the moment. Uh, we'll, we'll see if we can get some of those folks on, on the show to talk more about that. I'm sure we have some great questions for them, and uh, they probably have a lot of great information for us. So with that, I think that wraps up another edition of the Public Safety Drone Podcast. Well, 10 episodes. we got to go to the 10-episode uh, wrap party Woo-hoo. now. So we're, There we go. We got, you got some special closing music for that, right? Uh... No. Not, until, not until we get to 100? Not until we get to 100. I'll get the special <laughs> closing music. Yeah, but we're going to go to the big wrap-up party, drink a lot of Pepsis. 
I think, you know, I, I'm more of a Sprite guy, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. Apparently, I'm, we're on Joe's budget. I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> well, but, uh, and then next time, we'll, we'll have our other co-hosts back with us, too. We can probably wrangle them back, too. So, thanks for listening. And uh, thanks again to Lieutenant Steve Schuler from the Blue Ash Police Department. David Glenn, Kluge on YouTube. I'm Joe Wessels from Mobilecom. Be sure to check us out for drone stuff. And uh, we'll see you next time, folks. Take care. Bye, guys. Bye. You've been listening to the Public Safety Drone Podcast. If you're interested in being a guest or know someone who could be, please contact the Public Safety Drone Podcast producer at UAS at mobilecom.com. That's UAS at M-O-B-I-L-E-O-M-M.com or call 877-447-8433. Also, feel free to leave us a comment or feedback using the same methods. Special thanks to our music contributors mentioned during the show. All music used with permission. Please rate us on and subscribe to our show on iTunes. Your rating and reviews do help others find the show. If iTunes isn't your thing, you can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, a tin can, and a string, just about anywhere else you can or can't find podcasts. We'll see you next time on the Public Safety Drone Podcast, sponsored by Mobilecom. Visit mobilecom.com forward slash UAS for more information on drone training happening in your area or for all your drone product needs. Or call 877-447-8433. Thank you for listening and fly safe.